Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Beef Up Front podcast. This is your host, Brian Coyle. And today I'm joined by a special guest. I'm joined by Coach Brandon Williams, uh, coach of the Philly Pride AAU program. Coach, how you doing? I'm good, Ryan. How about yourself? Good. Uh, I just wanted to thank you for taking uh, some time to come on. As I said, you're a coach for the Philly Pride AAU program. So you coach some of the, the best players throughout all of the Philadelphia area. Uh, it's a, it's a high honor for you. Uh, obviously, shows what kind of coach you are. Just if you wanted to take some time to introduce yourself to our, our listeners. For sure. Uh, well, obviously, thank you for uh, thank you for having me. Um, secondly, as far as the – I'm sorry, can you hear me? Yep, I can hear you. All right, yeah, I don't know if I, I'm muted myself. Yeah, no, thanks for having me. Um, yeah, I guess uh, from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, uh, raised here since I was about four years old. Uh, by day, I um, am in finance. I work for Bank of America, so pretty normal nine to five for the most part. Um, and uh, the Philly Pride AU group has given me an opportunity just to have a hobby that, you know, I'm very, very passionate about. So I'm able to do that uh, with the majority of my free time, obviously still leaving some time for my, uh, for my family. Um, I'm married and I have one, uh, one son who turns two years old on Wednesday. So we're, uh, okay. we're here getting ready for that. And um, yeah, I mean, I'm just a kid from Philly that loves basketball, man. And, and I found an opportunity to, to, to give back by, uh, by helping, you know, the next, uh, next bright young star. So yeah, that's kind of what I've been uh, into. You got, you got your little boy playing, playing hoops yet? So, you know, obviously he has the uh, Fisher Price course set up in the, uh, in the living room and, and he uh, was really into it when we first got it for him. So obviously his first birthday was when he first got it and probably for about, I want to say almost three months straight, he would get home from daycare. That's the first thing he would do is, is, is throw some shots up. But Good. now, you know, he's, he's transitioned more to uh Paw Patrol is his thing now. So, you know, <laughs> okay. he, uh, he has ebbs and flows, but hopefully when it, when the time comes, you know, yeah. that'll be, uh, That'll be something he'll be passionate about as well. So uh, one of the first things I wanted to ask you, like as a coach and really as like a mentor to these like uh, the next up and coming great like Philadelphia basketball players, what do you uh, really try to get out of your players day in and day out? Just to compete, man. I mean, at the end of the day, you know, when you play a sport like basketball that, that is competitive, the the actual want to compete every day could be taken for granted. Right. You know, you look at mm -hmm. it and you just assume basketball is a competitive sport. So obviously, whoever plays basketball should want to compete. But it's not always that that simple and that straight to the point. So, you know, whenever um, we step between the lines, even outside the lines, um, when we talk about just our kids as students, um, you know, I just want those guys to compete, man, and just always strive for more. You know what I mean? If it's a, yeah. if it's a room full of people, you know, look at the person next to you and and. And, and, you know, try to outdo them, you know, or if it's somebody that's setting the standard, then, you know, look at that person and try to outdo them. So, you know, whether it's in the classroom, um, in the professional field, when they become adults, um, and then obviously when they're on the basketball floor, just to compete, just to, just to try to compete every day. Yeah, I mean, so I, I play, I, you don't know this about me, but I play basketball my whole life growing up, high school. I play at the Division three level now. So I'm used to AAU. Played played it my whole life. Being mm -hmm. an AAU coach is a real difficult task. I think. I mean, I feel like it's very comparable to being a college coach because you're getting so many like talented different players from different backgrounds and different settings. But like they're more immature. I mean, you're dealing with 
middle school, high school kids, and you're just getting a lot of talented guys, and you got to just kind of find a way to get them to be one team, one unit. How do you uh, figure out how to mesh all these kids who are probably all used to being the stars of their team the whole their whole their whole life, and now you have to find a way to give them their roles? How do you approach doing this? Um, so it's twofold, really. Um, I think the approach that we take as a as a as an organization at Philly Pride, I found some success with, which is making sure that you know, like you said, if it's a college team when they recruit and they look to add kids, you add certain pieces. So mm -hmm. I think that's the first thing that we do really well, I think, as a group is, is that, you know, when I'm putting together my groups, I'm not necessarily looking for the best player at every position. Because as you said, you know, when, when you have guys that are talented, you have guys that assume certain roles. And so obviously on a basketball team, it's only one basketball. So we need guys that do different things well and understand more so how to do that thing and be in that space to contribute. Now, obviously, in the background, when it comes to developing, we always keep that paramount, right? So regardless yeah. of what a kid brings to the table, when they step on to the uh, when they step into the program as a ninth grader, 10th grader, whatever have you, you know, we're always looking to tool those kids to, to develop more and expand on their game. But when we initially bring that piece into piece into the fold, we look and say, all right, well, you know, we got a guy that can get baskets off the bounce really, really well. We need somebody that can shoot the basketball. We got somebody that can shoot the basketball. We need somebody that can rebound the basketball. And so um, I think that's the first thing that we do really well, I think, as a group, is that when I put my team together, you know, I don't go for every rock star. You know what I mean? Yeah. Which is normally what AAU teams try to do, right? You want to get the best collection of players um, in our space, which is the tri-state area, right? So, you know, uh -huh. between PA, New York, Jersey, Delaware, you know, we look to try to grab those kids. But I'm very particular in regards to what pieces I, I put together in the sense that, you know, I play seven to eight guys. So I recognize that, you know, the eight, the first eight that I grab need to be talented and they need to be guys that can play off of other talented guys. And they need to be guys that understand the concept of a team. And then, you know, maybe the, the additional one or two that I may add, um, which leads into the second thing that I think we do well as far as kind of getting that group of talented kids to mesh is that I set expectations too. You know what I mean? Not mm -hmm. only do I make sure that my pieces fit well together as far as it being, again, a group that can all coexist, but I also just make sure that, you know, I set an expectation for all, all, all the kids that hop on. Because at the end of the day, AAU basketball is also during a time of year that, you know, people want to enjoy themselves. So, you know, yeah. I look at it and say, you know, summertime is, is, is a time that, you know, kids want to, you know, still be kids. So, you know, I never want to add the stress of not playing mm -hmm. throughout the summer to their mind. You know what I mean? Being a teenager is already going to be tough enough, especially in that ninth, 10th, 11th grade stage as far as just, you know, being social. You know, you got – you're dealing with girls and, you know, you yeah. trying to get – like, it's a whole slew that goes into being a teenager. So, I don't want to add the pressures of not playing, you know, mm -hmm. to, to, to a kid's plate. So, most of the time, I make sure I set expectations to where, again, if I got a kid that, you know, may not play a ton, but you can recognize that he just wants an opportunity to compete against better players and get better, then, you know, that discussion will be a little different versus the discussion that I may have with a kid that, you know, I look at as somebody that will depend on and that, you know, we need to, to, to play big minutes, make plays and things of that nature. So I think that it's, it's a twofold thing to where, first, I make sure I set expectations with the, the kid and the parent, you know, listen, 
you're going to be somebody in the rotation. So I look for you to obviously get better as a basketball player, but in the immediate, we're going to need this, this, this from you. Um, and then prior to them coming into the fall, I look at it and I say, okay, well, I have this piece and this piece. What makes sense with this piece? And that sometimes comes with having to turn a player down. You know what I mean? That yeah. that that is talented. That you know makes sense as far as from a landscape of getting someone that's going to be a top 100 recruit or a mid to high major recruit. But sometimes they may not. They may just not fit with you know just the overall dynamic of the group. Yeah, I just think it's so it's so fascinating how I mean there's you guys at Philly Pride, there's We Are One, there's Team Final, Kalau Elite, there's even East Coast Power in the past few years has been producing a lot of good guys. There's that's five really good programs where mostly every guy from from those programs is going on to play college basketball. And like you were saying, you could have a, a ninth or tenth guy who could be a, a division two, a division three player or something. There's just so many talented guys and it's just really fascinating, I think, to see the way these uh, coaches like you mesh these teams together. But as a coach from the Philadelphia area, as we're talking about, you came across a lot of good players in your day. Uh, who's the player that sticks out to out to you most that either you've coached against, you've coached for, stuff like that? Um. Well, I mean, obviously, to to to, to pick a, a kid that sticks out the most that I've actually coached would be kind of tough. Um, but I can name a few off the top of my head that I've coached against that, um, you know, I kind of knew from the door that they were going to be pretty much what they're turning out to be, you could say. Okay. Um, obviously, on the Under Armour circuit, uh, we've been fortunate to have a, a, a really, really just good group of kids that have come through that circuit. So when I look back at the 2019 circuit, um, which was the team that I coached uh, for Philly Pride, that class was was just loaded with guys as far as from the Under Armour group. That year uh, of the class 2019, Under Armour had seven McDonald's All-Americans. Uh-huh. Um, so uh, I would say that, you know, kids that I looked at right away, and I'm like, oh, dude, this kid's going to be a player. I would probably say um, Nico Mannion uh, out of Arizona. Oh, um, that's that's going to be entering the draft this year. Him and Josh Green, um, okay. also at Arizona, played on the same uh, Under Armour team in West Coast Elite. And I remember watching them in New York uh, when my kids were at the 16U stage. And I'm just uh-huh. like, these dudes can go. And, you know, yeah. that was that was an eye-opening experience. Um, I think uh, Anthony Edwards, obviously, okay. he was on our circuit. Um, Anthony Edwards and Nico Mannion, actually, they were originally 2020s. And okay. then they classed Class. up into 2019 just because they was just doing that much damage. So, uh-huh. um, but I remember playing Anthony Edwards in California at a stop at the 16U stage. And, um, you know, you're looking at him warm up, and it's just like, you know, he didn't really – I think you see, you've see seen it a lot this year at Georgia to where sometimes his motor wasn't always super high on uh-huh. certain things. So, you know, you can look at him and, and think that, you know, he's not really coming with what he got. But, you know, he gave us a, a problem in California yeah. with Clayton. So, um, so, yeah, he was definitely a, a, a tough cover. Um, I would say another kid that was pretty cool to watch develop that I coached against for a couple years on that circuit was Precious Achua. Um, okay, Memphis. Precious was a guy, yeah. Precious was a guy that ninth and tenth grade, size wise, you could see that you know he was a big time player, and just tools and potential, but it didn't all come together right away. Yeah, you know, at, at the at the sixteen U stage, he was a kid that again had all of the uh, the, the the size and, and athleticism. But you can see he would still just understand how to expand his game. 
to where, you know, playing him at the 16U level uh, when he was out in California versus playing him at the 17U level when we met in Atlanta was two totally different ball games. You know what I mean? You, you had a kid that was more so perimeter. I mean, I'm sorry, more so uh, in, interior dominating as far as just with his size around the rim, quick mm-hmm. reflexes, um, and his athleticism versus where he went to 17, you started to see that, all right, he's going to be an NBA prospect because he could put the ball on the floor and stretch it. So I think that was a really unique talent that um, I had a chance to coach against and just see grow. You know what I mean? I think that's yeah. the dope part about just AAU basketball is that you can see kids from one year to the next and see their transformation from just being, okay, yeah, he could probably be a high major D1 to somebody that could potentially walk across the draft stage. Yeah, I mean, the, just off the top of, top of your head, you named four guys who probably all will be in the first round, two probably in the lottery with uh, Achua and Anthony Edwards. And just to think all the other guys that you came across, it's just a, it's crazy to think. But some, I'm going to touch on some of the guys that you've actually had the opportunity to coach now. Uh, the first guy mm-hmm. I wanted to touch on was Stevie Mitchell. It seems like just looking through your Twitter feed and stuff that you have a, a personal close relationship with him. For those who don't know Stevie Mitchell, he's a, a Marquette commit, uh, and he's regarded as one of the top guards in the 2021 class. What makes him such a great player, and uh, do you have any, any insights of why he chose Marquette? Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think what makes Stevie uh, the, the player that he is is, first off, just his humility that he brings to the game. You know, he's a, a, a very different uh, top 100, I, I would say, than your – normal one and the fact that you know he doesn't bring you know uh, uh a ton of talk with his game you know he's not a guy that you see all over social media promoting himself you know stevie likes to let his game do do his talking and i, I think that that's just one of the the, the dopest qualities in a kid you could find especially in the social media era you know kids yeah. just love self-promotion these days as far as when it comes to the instagram the tiktoks um and, and, and things of that nature. So uh well actually you know I will say he is a TikTok uh <laughs> superstar. I, I will say that. But but I mean again he's not big on like your Instagrams and your and your Twitters and things of that nature. So he's a kid that just is, as far as humility goes is one of a kind when it comes to just coaching that high of a of a of high level of a talent. So I think that's the first thing that makes his that, that makes him such a into a great player is because when you have humility and you know you you know, you don't always think the the highest of yourself, you continue to work. You know what yeah. I mean? And again, like I said, it's great to watch kids progress as they go from one year to the next and watching Stevie from the first time that I met him, which was actually around this time, two years ago. We had our first workout um, October of, uh, I want to say 2018, leading into that 16U season. And, okay. you know, looking at his development from the time he walked into that gym to now, has been amazing, you know, just with his ability to, 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 to knock down an open shot off the bounce, um, the ability to get to the lane and finish with contact, um, you know, his, his ability to, to actually be a table setter and actually run the point guard position rather than just score the ball. You know, those are three things right there that he added to his game from the time that I met him. You know what I mean? When I first uh, started to work with him, he was more so just a bucket getter. You know what I mean? He just had all yeah. the natural tools. He has really big hands, so, you know, he was always a guy that when he gets around the rim, he always found it easy to kind of grip the ball and, and finish layups off of different angles um, with both hands. So he was always a basket getter, 
but in making sure that he understood that, you know, his full potential, which again, I think is somebody that could potentially walk across the draft stage, was going to be maximized at the point guard spot. Um, you know, we started to make sure he understood, all right, listen, at that guard spot, you got to gather how to get others involved and, and gather how to play with talent, but still get yours on the offensive end. Um, so, you know, he, he, he took ownership over that um, when it came down to him getting a little bigger and stronger just so he can finish around contact. Because, you know, obviously playing in, in out in Berks County, you're not going to encounter as big of a big yeah. of a, a front court as you do on a national circuit. You know, a lot of the, the forwards and the centers that we're going up against is usually running on averages 6'9 to 6'11 in some spaces. So, you know, and, and letting him know, listen, you got to get a little stronger to, to, to finish around the rim. That was something he addressed right away. And then obviously his jump shot. Is, is is starting to round out kind of the, the, the last piece of uh of his puzzle as far as getting into the college level. Now once he gets to Marquette, obviously there'll be a number of other things that he'll have to put put on his list and prioritize. But you know, as a kid that that is so young with so much talent, he never lets that get him to where he's complacent. Okay. Yeah, he uh I I just kind of making this comparison to him, he might be trying to fill the shoes of Marcus Howard going forward at Marquette. I mean, I, he's viewed as that type of player with that uh, elite-level talent. He's going to have a big role right away, I think. But an- another guy potentially that could have a big role in college as well that you have coached, uh, Zach Hicks, a player from Camden, Camden Catholic, uh, and he's a commit to Temple University, uh, along with Hyzer Miller, a player from Newman Goretti. Those are two Philadelphia-area guys going to Temple. What do you think uh, this kind of commitment – will do for Coach McKee's program going forward? I mean, I just think it helps him build. You know, when you, when you, when you take head of a, of, of a program with the basketball status of Temple, as far as in Philadelphia, at least, actually scratch that, across the country. I mean, at the end of the day, Temple was, was, was definitely a, a name to be reckoned with. Program. To nationally. Yeah, so, you know, you take over a program like Temple, you got to kind of get into a space to where you're building with kids that can help you right away. And, you know, I think in Hasir Miller and Zach Hicks, that's what Aaron McKee has, are, are, are two guys that can step on the floor and contribute right away. And obviously when you get guys that can contribute right away, it helps bring back the excitement um, about a program that once was, again, a national national force. So, yeah. you know, I think that um, Zach is, is, is a guy that just brings a ton to the table as far as his scoring prowess. You know, again, that's another kid that I feel – can walk across the draft stage just based off of what he already brings to the table naturally. You know, when uh-huh. when I when I when I talk about guys that I think could be pros, I don't look at them at their current stage. You know, I look at yeah obviously what their potential could be on the back end, um, you know, after completing their college careers. But again, I look at just what they also bring to the table just naturally. And and again, you know, like I said, I talked about Stevie just as far as his natural instincts to score the basketball. And same thing with Zach. He he has his own skill set that he just brings to the table that he's already good at now without a ton of, you know, focus and concentration. I mean, he works hard, but again, don't get it twisted. He still has a lot of room to grow when it comes down to his offensive package. I think right now he's really, really good off the basketball, which again, you don't see out of a lot of kids. Most kids need the ball in their hands to be effective. When you talk about a kid that averaged over 20 points last year in high school, you would think it was a kid that would be super ball dominant, but that's the complete opposite of Zach Hicks. You know, he's very efficient in his attack, and most of the time if he gets an open look, he's going to cash it out. And another great thing about Zach when it comes to games, being a guy that averages 20 points, 
he's also a guy that's going to be able to get you five to six assists because he's really, really good at just playing with a high IQ. So, um, so no, I think, you know, in, in, in Zach and Asir, you know, Aaron's just kind of building up a, a obviously a, a crew with a local touch, but yep. also a, a crew that can step on the floor right away and contribute. So uh, one more guy that I want to touch on from your 2021 team is uh, Jordan Longino, uh, a Villanova commit. One of the more impressive prospects from the area in the past few years. I mean, anytime uh, a guy from the local area commits to Villanova, it raises my brows. And he's a, a force in the uh, Interac and definitely in the Philly Pride program as well. What can you say about him that makes him such a special player? And why do you feel that he could be one of the next uh, – Villanova guys to hit the draft like we've seen with Eric Pascal, Mikael Bridges, Josh Hart, guys like that. I mean, again, when you talk about just just the combination of just size and skill, you know, when you talk about Jordan Longino and Zach Hicks, those are two guys that's, that are six six plus that can do everything on the basketball floor. And uh-huh. you know, you when when you get kids that have size and skill, those are always going to be winning combinations. So you know, again, just the to, to, to watch Jordan just as a kid, as big as he is as a kid, you know, do some of the things he can do on a basketball floor is, 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 is again, second, second to amazing. You know what I mean? You can't really quantify how effective he is on the floor until you get to watch him because, again, he's somebody also in the same breath when I talk about his Zach Hicks that can create plays for others. You know what I mean? And, and also when I talk about a Stevie Mitchell, when it comes to the humility aspect of it, he's also a kid that's super humble. So, you know, again, when you talk about somebody that has size, athleticism, and skill, but then also in the background brings a humble approach, a team approach, and the uh, ability to make others better, I think that's the same vein as a Villanova cutout at the end of the day. You know, yeah. Villanova just breeds kids that, A, know how to win basketball games, um, and that, B, are very, very skilled and versatile. And when you look at a Jay Wright group, you know, you can say, hey, at the end of the day, they love guys that have size because defensively they do a lot of switching. So, you know, Jordan's a yep. kid that can guard, you know, anywhere from, in my Multiple estimation, spots. one through four. Yeah, you know, and, you know, that just makes all for, you know, the Villanova recipe when it comes to, to, to defending, being able to switch, being able to guard, and being able to rebound. So, you know, I think that, you know, he checked all those boxes off early and, you know, Jay and those guys knew that that was going to be one of the cornerstones of a really good class. You know, I mean, again, obviously Jordan yeah. is going to be accompanied by a number of, of really good players in that class. But again, when you talk about what makes Jordan special within that group is just, again, he fits that mold of, of you know, guys, again, that are skilled, that can pass, shoot, dribble, um, but also, again, size-wise can defend multiple spots. Yeah, he's just like, uh, just watching him play, he reminds me so much of Sadiq Bey, who's probably going to be a lottery pick this year from Villanova, just as you were saying, can guard multiple spots, can create off the dribble, can knock down the open three. And it seems like, I mean, Jordan might not be the biggest name prospect uh, throughout the national recruiting services, but he's going to be a guy who, if he does what he's supposed to do at Villanova, he's going to put it, if he puts his head down and works, he's going to be a lottery type player, I think, one day. For sure. I mean, again, I wouldn't I wouldn't say that that's that that's not possible at all. Like I said, he already brings yeah. a lot to the table. Um, uh-huh. And plus, too, it's funny because you look you, you, you got a kid that plays football, too. You know, he hasn't necessarily yeah. focused 100 percent. Now, again, he works really hard. Don't get it twisted. You know what I mean? Yep. I think that's a kid that is, is, is a really good example for anybody to follow 
of a kid that just works. You know, during yeah. this football season, he's up at 4.30 a.m. getting shots up. You know, uh-huh. so so basketball is never too far from him. But obviously, again, you do take that time that you're on the football field. That's time away from playing basketball. So yeah. I think the cool part about it is that, you know, again, between, you know, now and usually December or so, he's usually on a football field, usually his afternoons and evenings. So I think that'll be pretty cool to watch a kid that's pretty much going to begin to go all in on yeah, basketball. Exactly. It's already a, a, a top 50 level basketball recruit. So yeah, yeah, that'll Vill- be exciting in itself. A Villanova commit, and he hasn't even put his entire focus on basketball. It'll definitely be another step forward going for him. But uh, one of the questions that I really wanted to ask you in this interview, and a coach of uh, your status who's came across so many great players, uh, besides Villanova in recent years, like especially the past decade, the Philadelphia schools have really struggled, I think, to keep their homegrown talent in Philly. Uh, but it looks like with Ashley Howard at LaSalle, they're starting to recruit the Philadelphia area more. As we were talking about with Coach McKee at Temple, he got two big pickups recently. And uh, with Billy Lang at St. Joe's, they're starting to improve. As a coach, do you try and uh, encourage players to try and get out of the Philadelphia area or stay at home and make a name for their city? Because I've talked to a few guys. Uh, one guy, Jalen Stinson from, from Wood, who's a James Madison commit, he was saying that he had opportunity to stay here, but he wanted to get out of Philadelphia. He felt like that was the best way to help his family down the line. Hazir uh, Miller, as I was talking to him, he said he didn't really have a preference to getting out of the city or staying home, but he decided to stay at home and be the next great temple guard. As, as a coach and a mentor, do you have uh, any influence on your players in that, or do you kind of just let them do let them uh, decide what they want? I mean, so, yeah, you when, when you talk about the recruiting process, you obviously look at where a kid's going to flourish the most. You know I mean? What environment makes sense? for this particular kid when it comes to a basketball standpoint, an academic standpoint, a social standpoint, and then you begin to go from there based on, you know, what options he has. So for some kids, you know, staying local makes sense. You know, for, for, for Zach Hicks, Zach wanted to be a little more closer to his family and, 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 and that student body and just the overall support that, you know, he has through the South Jersey channel at Camden Catholic and also through the AAU channel with Philly Pride. So mm-hmm. it made sense for him to pick a school like Temple. Stevie, on the other hand, was a kid that felt like, you know, he needed to go somewhere where more so basketball is going to kind of reign supreme over everything else. And he felt as though that, you know, getting away from, you know, his family and the extended community at Wilson, um, you know, obviously in knowing Stevie, you know, Wilson loves him to death. And, you know, yeah. you can kind of, they kind of smother him with love. And so... It's something to where, as a kid, you can look and say, well, I've had so much success, you know, with, with having so much support around me, you know, let me branch out and, and, and see if I can maintain this level outside of my support system. And obviously, you know, his family will always be there. The Wilson community will be there for him. The Philly Pride family will be there for him. But, you know, he, he, he liked what Marquette brought as a basketball culture and being that, you know, when he's up there, you know, out of the, the, the pros that have, have graduated from there, NBA and overseas, you know, he's going to have just a, a, a really good just foundation around him at all times, preaching just basketball, which can mm-hmm. ultimately help him get to, you know, the, the, the highest level, which is the NBA. So it, it, it all is, is based upon what makes sense for the kid. Now, definitely, yeah. if, if the kid does give off the vibe that, you know, staying local is going to be better for him, I wholeheartedly would love for them to, 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 to go to the temples, the LaSalle's, 
the St. Joe's, the Novas, because, I mean, again, I get to stay. I mean, I, I get to be at home and watch those guys develop. You know, I get yep. to be a little closer. You know, any event, something may go down. I could, I, I, could, I, I could be in the mix to support. So, so yeah, I mean, I, I'm going to always lean local in the event that it makes sense. Because, you know, yep. again, I think that, you know, the, the the programs here, you know, not only have great coaching, you talk about the Ashley Howards, the Aaron McKees, the Billy Langs, the Jay Wrights, the John, Don, the, um, the coach Donahue, Steve Donahue. Um, you know, not only are those guys great coaches, but at the end of the day, you know, you 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 always, as a Philly kid, want Philly basketball to reign supreme. So, you know, it's 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 nothing like the most exciting time during the year for basketball, which is March, and having you know Temple going to the Sweet Sixteen, the Elite Eights, the the Novas, yeah. the Lasalles. You know, you love that buzz. So, yeah, nah, you always lean towards the the the, the local schools when it makes sense. You know what I mean? Yep. Now, unfortunately, that those schools don't always make sense for those kids, you know, and you have to understand and recognize that and make sure that, you know, what your what the kids needs are, are always going to be paramount. Yeah, it seems uh, I what you were saying about Stevie, I mean, Marquette, obviously great basketball program, but no football team, definitely basketball, the only thing. And everyone's uh, situation is different, but, but it, it was just a, I just wanted to get your perspective on that. Thanks. But uh, for sure. So now the now that the guys on the 2021 circuit, their uh, run of AAU is done, you're not going to be coaching the class of 2024. Are there any uh, guys who are – so that's the upcoming freshman class, right? Like the current freshman? Yes. So 2024, incoming. So there will be ninth graders this year yeah. at their respective – So there are uh, – who are a few of like the main guys maybe that we could look out for in the Philadelphia area for uh, high school this upcoming season that you're going to be coaching throughout AAU? I mean, we haven't necessarily even got to that point, really. I mean, okay. like I said, I'm, I'm, I'm still finishing up my 21s. We have two more events because uh, I got okay. a couple of guys that, you know, I'm still trying to lock up some, um, just some interest. Obviously, you know, potentially offers might be a little further away, but just, just to get some more momentum going into their high school seasons. Uh, Christian Tomasco, that just transferred over to Archbishop Ryan. He'll be in the Catholic League, um, about 6'10 forward, trying to sh- drum some up, dr- drum some interest and some momentum up for him. Um, as well as Mike McClain, um, a six-four uh, guard out of uh, Sheltonham. So, you know, I got okay. my, my twenty-one class finishing up two events, and um, I usually try to get workouts started um, about mid-October. Like I said, that was kind of when I started to put together my um, the twenty twenty-one class at the sixteen U stage. So, um, I mean, obviously, I've, I've heard a couple of names, but I haven't seen anybody to really say, "Yeah, this is a kid," or "That's a yeah. kid." You know I mean, I'm. I'm I'm really going to just be learning about that class. You know, when when, uh-huh. when I lock in, I lock in. So, you know, the last two years have been all 2021. I haven't really looked at a lot of middle school basketball. I mean, I, I can't even say a lot. I haven't looked at any, <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> yeah. So, um, you know, I, uh, I'm i f- finishing up the 2021s, and I'll switch my focus to that 2024 group probably in the next couple of weeks by, um, you know, reaching out to, 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 to different sports writers and, and guys that, watch a lot of basketball on a, on, on a regular basis. The Norm Evansons, the Chip Gillespie's, the Ari Rosenfeld, you know, those are yeah. great guys that I've been able to lean on um, in the last few years uh, in, in, in my time of coaching that have always, um, you know, steered me in the right direction of kids that can play and kids that they think can fit my style of play. You know what I mean? I've, I've gotten to know yeah. those guys personally. And, you know, I think that's big also is to understand that they know I'm not just going to take every kid that can play basketball at a high level. I want kids that, you know, have 
uh, 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 more so a team sense about them and just kids that want to win and compete. You know what I mean? Yep. And, and you know, have a have a have a have a mindset of just wanting to get better at all times and and and, and wanting to win. So you know, I think that's helped me out a ton. So you know, I'll get on the phone with those guys soon and figure out you know what names I should start going to look at and you know what gyms I need to start going into, and you know get some kids in the workouts and go from there. All right. Uh, I just got one more question. Thanks again for your time. I appreciate it. Uh, but going forward, what do you hope to achieve personally as a coach? I, I know you said that you're involved in finance, but do you want to be eventually a, a head coach at a high school or do you want to latch on to a college, maybe get an assistant job somewhere? What do you like aspire for your coaching uh, pedigree, I guess you could say, to develop into? I mean, obviously, to, to to get an opportunity to coach basketball for a living is a blessing beyond blessings, and I would definitely love the opportunity to do that. Um, I think, as you said, me having a career in finance kind of gives me a space that I can provide for my family without having to kind of, you know, put myself all the way out there as that kind of person. But, but yeah, no, I would definitely love to coach college in the event the opportunity presents itself. But, um, you know, again, if, if it does end up with me coaching AAU for the next 20 years and just helping kids, you know, earn, a, earn an education that, you know, they only got to earn through physical activity and, and, yeah. and you know, not, being, not having to pay out of pocket, then, you know, that's cool, too. You know, again, that's why I got into this and that's why I do this now. You know, I, I don't necessarily at the moment coach to, to, to more so audition for guys. You know, I'm coaching for my kids. So, um, you know, if an opportunity presents itself and it makes sense for me and my family, then, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely all ears to listen. Um, but, you know, right now I would say my immediate motivation isn't necessarily to, 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 to be a college coach. You know, I don't uh -huh. when, when you're chasing a, a college to be a college coach, you know, those guys are, are, are very intent. And deliberate yeah. in their actions, you know what I mean. Between the the coaching clinics and you know, you do a lot of stuff for free. You know, you really don't make a ton of money, and you know, you kind of sell out to do it. Mm -hmm. Which is, which again is, if it's a dream, that's what you're supposed to do. So that's not a yeah. knock to anybody. But again, me personally, you know, at at this stage in my life, you know, I got a, a two year old son. You know that you know I'm excited to be around and watch grow up, and and you know I got a wife that you know I love to death that I'm you know, happy to, to just, you know, to just, just spend, spend life doing things with her. So, you know, obviously it, it all depends on what makes sense, but yeah, to get a coaching opportunity to, to coach college basketball, again, that's a dream, you know, to, to get paid money to basically not work. Yeah. No, I'm <laughs> definitely all about it, but you yeah, know, again, obviously it would have to, it would have to make sense. See so I would happens. say right now my driving, yeah, my, my, my driving factor is again, going to be just to, to, to help these kids and, and, get them in a space to where they can provide for their families. But, um, you know, again, obviously there, there, there's never an opportunity I wouldn't listen to. So. All right. Uh, thanks again, coach, for taking the time to talk with us here at beef up front. Uh, everyone's still listening. Coach Brandon Williams, keep a, keep your eyes and ears out for him. One of the best coaches in the Philadelphia area at the moment. Uh, I want to wish you the best of luck as you wrap up your, 2021s and uh look forward to seeing what you do with the 2024 class thanks again coach ryan appreciate you for having me boss